Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, it's here now. H.R. 1, the bill that would forever change our election system and to ensure Democrats, as far as the eye can see, would win the presidency, the Senate, and the House races, is now being pushed through a Senate committee. Chaired by Amy Klobuchar. Oh, she's a moderate. No, she's a nut. And we will have Mike Lee on the program in about 10 or 15 minutes to discuss this with us. But Chuck Schumer's out there. And to his credit, Mitch McConnell's fighting this with every, with every uh, option that he has. Schumer's out there calling this akin to Jim Crow. Jim Crow. That what Georgia's doing is racist, and what these other states are doing are pulling back on the vote to try and prevent minorities from voting. Let me tell you what's going on here. What is so appalling about this is Chuck Schumer is a pathological psycho case, a liar. He's also a gutless buffoon. I started out on radio in New York, and he has never agreed to come on this program. I want to remind all of you quickly about what's in this bill. And you tell me if this reminds you of Jim Crow, which had as its purpose to prevent black people from voting with uh, literacy tests and poll taxes and so forth. Here's what it would do. It would seize the authority from the states under our Constitution and compel the states to provide for early voting with specific days and times. Automatic voter registration. Same-day registration. Online voter registration, no-fault absentee balloting, that has nothing to do with minorities. 
that has everything to do with breaking down all the security that exists to ensure that the people who register are supposed to register. It is a corrupt political party. Keeps throwing around Jim Crow. Here we have the party of Jim Crow, now using Jim Crow to destroy our election system. The franchise. And that means when people vote who are not supposed to vote, that takes your vote away. Whether you're black, brown, red, yellow, white, doesn't matter. But because we have a corrupt media that go along with this, they won't expose what Schumer and Pelosi and the Democrats are trying to do. Instead, they give voice to these lines about Jim Crow. It makes it easier to commit fraud. Why? Same-day registration. Election officials have no time to verify the accuracy of people who are voting. So somebody could show up at five different polling precincts, register and vote. Yes. They will degrade the accuracy of registration lists by requiring states to automatically register all individuals, not citizens, all individuals from state and federal databases. The departments of motor vehicles, oh, nothing will go wrong with that. The departments of corrections and welfare offices, federal departments like the Department of Labor, the Federal Bureau of Prisons and so forth. So a large number of ineligible voters will be registering to vote, including aliens, multiple duplicate registrations of the same individuals that are put in federal agency databases more than one time, constitutes a recipe for massive voter registration fraud by hackers and cyber criminals through online voting registration. We already know the communist Chinese, the fascistic Russians, the Islamo-Nazis in Tehran, and all the rest of them are committing acts of cyber warfare against us. Just imagine. It requires states to allow state citizens to vote in other precincts, not their own precinct, overriding the precinct system. So you can see they're going down point after point after point, destroying the structure of the election system, destroying it. And then they claim it's Jim Crow, and we don't want everybody to vote who's supposed to vote. These lousy, good-for-nothing demagogues like Schumer. And the media sit there. Mandate no-fault absentee ballots, which are the tool of choice for voter thieves. It bans witness signatures or notarization requirements for absentee ballots. It forces states to accept absentee ballots received up to 10 days after the election. It allows states, excuse me, requires states to allow vote trafficking, that's vote harvesting. So any third parties, including campaign staffers and political consultants, can pick up and deliver absentee ballots. It prevents election officials from checking the eligibility and qualifications of voters and removing ineligible voters. This includes restrictions on using the U.S. Postal Service's national change of address system to verify the address of registered voters, participating in state programs that compare voter registration lists to detect individuals registered in multiple, multiple states. That would now be unlawful. Or ever removing registrants due to a failure to vote no matter how much time has elapsed. So dead people are going to be on the lists. People will be on the lists who've moved. People will be on multiple lists 
and you're not allowed to remove them from the list. Makes it almost impossible for nonpartisan organizations to verify the accuracy of registration rolls. What does this have to do with Jim Crow or African Americans? Absolutely nothing. That damn corrupt Democrat Party, once again using minorities as a fig leaf to grab control. It will reduce the number of Federal Election Commission members from six to five because they want three out of the five so they can control the outcome. It requires states to restore the ability of felons to vote. The moment they're out of prison, regardless of uncompleted parole, probation, or restitution requirements. It transfers the right to draw congressional districts from state legislatures to commissions, which the Democrats and their babies would ultimately control, a.k.a. their surrogates in academia. And it would make it a violation of federal law to engage in partisan redistricting and mandate the inclusion of the alien population, both legal and illegal, in all redistricting. This is an anti-democratic, unconstitutional measure. Nothing to do with Jim Crow. It limits access to federal courts for anyone challenging the law. The bill would prohibit the filing of any lawsuits challenging the constitutionality of the statute anywhere except in the District Court for the District of Columbia and would allow the court to order all plaintiffs and interveners, regardless of their number, that is, in all 50 states, quote, to file joint papers that be represented by a single attorney at oral argument. In other words, what they want to make sure is they control even the judicial outcome, the adjudication. They bring it into one of the most liberal courts in the country, in Washington, D.C. You can't sue where the violation actually occurs or you believe it occurs. Unbelievable. And then listen to this, finally. They established a commission to protect democratic institutions, quote-unquote, that would threaten the independence of the judiciary. It defines democratic institutions as those that are essential to ensuring an independent judiciary, free and fair elections, and the rule of law. The commission would be given the authority to compel judges. Okay, Virginia today abolished the death penalty. Virginia today abolished the death penalty. Anyway, judges would be forced to appear before these commissions to justify and testify about their legal decisions. Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong, Saddam Hussein, you name it. This would be a bill that was written by them to give a patina of voting and democracy when in fact the outcome is assured without any legal recourse whatsoever. The outcome is assured. The outcome of the presidential election, the vice presidential election, the outcome of Senate races and congressional races, the fix will be in. And anybody who challenges it, you see, is said to be for Jim Crow, and they must be racist. That's Chuck Schumer. Anybody who stands up to this tyranny, anybody who rejects this totalitarianism, anybody who wants to defend the Constitution... Federalism, individual liberty, property rights is a white supremacist. Except, of course, the lily white liberals who are doing this to our country.
Biden, Schumer, and Pelosi. They're not white supremacists. No, 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 no. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. This is the right place and the right time to have Mike Lee on the program. Senator Lee, how are you, sir? Doing great. Thank you very much, Mark. Well, Senator Lee, um, the Constitution was set up so things wouldn't happen so fast, so there'd be a deliberative process, particularly in the Senate. We'd have a legislative process, divided government, and in that legislative process, the people could lobby the representatives. The media, if it wasn't corrupt, uh, would have an opportunity to review what was taking place and whether it was uh, pro or anti-Americanism. All that's broken down right now with Joe Biden. Joe Biden is desperately seeking a legacy. It's basically said so in this uh, Vox publication. He wants to be bigger and better than FDR and Obama and LBJ. And now we have this H.R. 1 bill, plus their effort to scuttle the filibuster. What would happen if they scuttle the filibuster and they get this H.R. 1 which would literally destroy state control over the elections and abandon virtually every safeguard we have in our electoral system. The result would be perpetual institutional domination by the Democratic Party. And I don't use that prediction lightly. It is exactly what would happen. Look at what happened in the previous century in Mexico with the revolutionary institutional party, known as the PRI. They dominated every election, every presidential race, for the better part of a century. Nobody else could touch them. That's what H.R. 1 would do. I call H.R. 1 the Illegal Voting Act because that's what it would perpetuate, and it would make it easier for Democrats to get elected and make it impossible for Republicans to control the House or the Senate or the White House for the next several decades. Chuck Schumer is uh, truly rogue. He's truly out of control with his agenda, the things that he says. There's a man that threatened the Supreme Court, no consequences for it whatsoever. I believe he, that threat has uh, had an impact on the court the way FDR's threat did. He talks about eliminating the filibuster rule. But today he goes on about how opposing this outrageous power grab by the Democrat Party, that doesn't help the country, it helps the Democrat Party, that it's like Jim Crow. Are there no limits to the propaganda and the demagoguery that, that Schumer and some of these other Democrats won't entertain? 
Now, you know, I, I would think that there would be some limit to what they would be willing to exploit. And uh, sadly, they're, they're willing to cheapen some of the most painful memories in uh, American history and try to apply them to basically everything that they like. The problem with that, I mean, there are many problems with that, including the fact that it's a false comparison, including the fact that it just is, uh, you know, when, when everyone's family, uh, no one is. Uh, when everything is that, nothing is. It's hard to take them seriously on anything when they make absurd claims like this. And, you know, I was really upset when uh, Barack Obama gave a speech a few months ago in which he referred to the filibuster and compared it to Jim Crow America. It's absolutely absurd, especially because he himself as a senator relied on the filibuster. It's hypocritical, and it's utterly at odds with history. Yeah, it actually goes back to ancient Rome. I mean, they have no knowledge of this, but they they know that they're not going to be fact-checked. They know that the media has their back. For instance, this H.R. 1 is filled with so many corrupt practices. And if we had an honest media, you'd be seeing it on graphs, on charts. They'd be going through it. They'd be questioning the Democrat Party about what they're actually doing here. This doesn't expand the legal vote. And the idea that they're going to hide behind minorities while they propose the destruction of our franchise, and that includes destruction of the franchise for minorities, is so appalling to me. What they're trying to do here, is there any way to stop them? There is a way to stop them. It's going to happen if and only if, number one, Republicans in the Senate continue to stand up and push back hard. And number two, the American people are able to see, notwithstanding the best efforts, the worst efforts of the mainstream news media, we're doing everything they can to bury the story. We're alternatively to cloak it in the, the false garb of, of a, a, a civil rights effort, which it is not. Make no mistake, Mark, this thing is nothing short of a political power grab. I mean, these guys, they want to federalize all election law, making it impossible and illegal for any state to purge from its voter rules voters who are either dead or who have moved out of the state. They want to make it illegal for states to require voter identification. They want to politicize uh, the, the commission that looks into federal elections, uh, thus guaranteeing their own longevity in office and their own dominance of both houses of Congress. This is wrong on so so many levels, and it is unconstitutional in a number of ways. Senator, uh, I don't mean to impose on you. If you need to go, I understand. Are you able to hold till after the break? Yeah, sure. Of course. All right. We'll be right back with constitutionalist, really brilliant lawyer, excellent senator, Mike Lee. We'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. 
This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. is Radio Free America on The Mark Levin Show. Call now, 877-381-3811. You know, Senator Mike Lee, there's not a lot of politicians I can have the kind of discussion in the next few minutes I want to have with you, but you I can. And it's this, the Constitution has constructed firewalls to prevent a temporary majority or temporary faction, as they talked about in the Federalist Papers, from seizing authority and driving the agenda. Um, To me, we have two things going on here, Senator. I'd be interested in your input. We look at the executive branch, and we have a president who is signing executive orders as if they're laws. He talks about issuing executive orders on the Second Amendment and other aspects of our constitutional system. And so I look at that, and I say, okay, we have autocracy. And we have people cheering and celebrating the autocracy if they can get the ends that they want, regardless of the means. And I look at the body you serve in, actually the whole Congress, the bicameral Congress, and I see the opposite. I see mobocracy. I don't see many committee hearings. I see fences with razor wire at the top preventing the people from even meeting with their senators or their members. I see the House of Representatives still having this uh, system in place where one Democrat can vote for 20 Democrats, and then you see a 50-50 split in the Senate where they're trying to ram through uh, legislation, violating the uh, Reconciliation Act, and doing whatever they need to do, including targeting federalism and the electoral system. So these are the two things the framers of the Constitution feared the most, right? Mobocracy and centralized autocracy. Our system is really being torn. The fabric is being torn. It might hold up. It might not hold up. I don't want to be a Pollyanna about this. I want to be honest with the audience, but we are really at a turning point, aren't we? Oh, without question. Look, the whole point of the Constitution was to protect the people from the dangerous accumulation of power in the hands of the few. That's its whole purpose. And, you know, all of the protections in it are backstopped by the, the twin structural protections, the vertical protection of federalism and the horizontal protection of separation of powers. Without those, we've got nothing. It's been a dangerous trend over the last 85 years under the failed leadership of uh, houses of representatives, of senates, and white houses of every conceivable partisan combination to consolidate power first within the federal government and then second within the executive branch. And then you've got people in Congress, unfortunately, of both political parties who have over time fed into this, even while complaining sometimes about executive orders in the process, even while enabling them and facilitating them. While pretending to fight, they're actually facilitating the very kind of action they want. And it really has reached a critical point in our history where we've got to reverse it or it's going to be too late. And what I see here, Senator, as I observe it, and I've talked to my audience, magnificent patriots and Americans, millions of them, is something uh, 
that's really quite unconscionable. The Democrat Party puts the Democrat Party, in my view, not yours necessarily, above the country. In other words, when you look in these various regimes, whether it's China and so forth, the party comes first, the loyalty to the party, the power of the party. The party is the country. And I believe that many in the left in this country, uh, whether I look at Sanders or AOC or the rest of them, they are of the same mindset, which is why they want to rig the system so they can't lose and relentlessly uh, impose their will on every aspect of this society. And they cannot do it if they're, if they're um, honoring and faithful to the Constitution and our founding. So they trash the founding, they trash the founders with all kinds of critical race theories and other critical theories that have a Marxist foundational basis to them. And now we have all this talk about destroying the limits, uh, and if you don't support them, obviously you're part of a white-dominated society or some other bogus argument that they make. So my proposition to you is the Democrat Party puts the Democrat Party first. Am I wrong? Yes. No, no, you're exactly right. And and, and although both parties have engaged in their own dalliances away from the Constitution, for the Democrats, this appears to be a feature, not a bug. In other words, at least the Republican Party purports to espouse as a virtue the idea of decentralization. Not every Republican always stands for that, but we at least aim for that. As I read the Democratic Party agenda today, it's all about centralization. It's all about consolidating power. And it's not consolidating power for the American family or for communities or for states relative to the federal government. It's about moving power to Washington and then consolidating it from there into the executive branch. And you know, Senator, further to this point, the Supreme Court really did help pave the way to this uh, during the New Deal. It did uh, reverse course after it was threatened uh, with a uh, with a pack court by uh, by FDR. And by the way, the big difference there was the Democrat Party rose up and objected to FDR, and that's uh, certainly not going to be the case now. And um, over and over again, this court has expanded the authority of the federal government, the bureaucracy, whether it's the EPA case of decades ago, Massachusetts versus EPA, and on and on and on. And even this time around, without getting into all the electoral discussion about the machines and the rest, when you look at Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, that gives the authority to the state legislatures, not the governors, not the secretaries of states, not some board of elections, and not even to the courts, to decide what the electoral process will be, they wouldn't even take up that case, even though it was clear that Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch all wanted to take it up and said, we need to resolve this. They're not really helping us. Their, their position of passivity is allowing this thing to grow, don't you think? Uh, you, without, without question, yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my bookshelf, in my, my bookshelf in my office right now, looking at two of your books right now, Men in Black uh, and also Liberty and Tyranny. You, you cover different aspects of these topics in both of the, those books quite well. But, yeah, you can trace it back to different dates. I trace a lot of the problem back to April 12, 1937, Mm. the day that a different Justice Roberts, Justice Owen Roberts, uh, decided to switch his vote, decided to defer to Congress's grand ambitions to regulate purely local, albeit economic, activity federally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
He he switched his vote ostensibly in order to to save the nine member Supreme Court. I'm sure he convinced himself he did the right thing. In fact, wasn't the line a switch in time saves nine, right? Yes, yes, that 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 was that was the whole line. But in fact, what he did was uh, obliterate the fundamental regulatory distinction between state power and federal power, and, and and we've been paying for it ever since then. And so now we have a piece here, and and we've talked about this on my program with the audience here, that Joe Biden, I'm convinced that Joe Biden wants to be bigger than FDR, LBJ, and Obama. I've said this man is, he is hell-bent and obsessed on a legacy. He may not be totally with it, but he's with it when it comes to himself. He's always been narcissistic and very, very nasty. You can ask people who came before the Judiciary Committee when he was chairman. And here it is. There's a piece in Vox, which is a very liberal site and he's talking to historians and he's bragging about how he wants to be bigger than fdr and lbj and how he really wants to outdo obama this is craziness isn't it yeah it is it is crazy and it's something that really should be uh, uh wildly unpopular in america the minute someone starts speaking that way as president of the united states uh, we should start uh, looking somewhere else. We should start saying, okay, we've got a serious problem here. And Congress should be standing up and saying, well, we're not going to go in this direction. Those kinds of grand ambitions are completely anathema to the cause of constitutional government. It's not just that they can lead to tyranny. They are tyranny in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. That's the whole darn point of the Constitution, is to avoid making this about any one person, especially the President of the United States. And so he's meeting with historians who are actually, you know, cherry-picked, encouraging him to. He wants to go big, and he wants to go bigger. You know that that so-called phony infrastructure bill that's going to be like 80-90% non-infrastructure, just like that so-called coronavirus relief bill was mostly unrelated to relief. They keep talking about how he wants to go bigger and bigger, and now the three the three trillion grew to four trillion, and now they're talking about potentially five trillion dollars plus. Senator, is this yes. they're going to bankrupt future generations for all time? Right, and, and Democratic members of Congress in both houses are already talking left and right about how supportive they are of this, and yet they don't even know what's in it. They haven't even agreed among between themselves how much it's going to cost, which begs the question, what exactly are they committing to? Is it a principle? Is it a plan? Or is it just a person? I think it's a person, and that scares me to death. It should be frightening to all of us. Um, Look, there is um, a big problem when you've got this much money being spent by one government, uh, especially a government that's already accumulated $30 trillion worth of debt. This is completely unsustainable, and it's going to inure ultimately to the detriment of America's poor and middle class. They say in this article he has four things going for him. Congress, he has party activists pushing him, uh, strong gathering economic winds at his back, and he's popular in the polls. And what does that have to do with constitutional government? Well, it's how they like to see the world. And what they don't mention there is something you alluded to briefly earlier, which is a completely compliant media, one that will spin any narrative his way, 
one that eschews any kind of intellectual curiosity insofar as it might reflect poorly on any of his objectives, and one that has, at least since 1964, been emboldened by a dastardly precedent in New York Times versus Sullivan that, that basically gave the press, the liberal press, an excuse to run roughshod over the truth. As, as long as they're talking about a politician, or more often than not, a Republican politician. There's a great dissenting opinion issued by a D.C. Circuit Judge, Judge Silverman, over the weekend. And I commend all of your listeners, who, by the way, are all patriots. You, they you really are, and we did talk about it, but I'd like your take it. on it. Yeah, I, I thought his dissent was masterful. Mm-hmm. His whole point was, look, there's not a darn thing in the Constitution, not a single syllable in the First Amendment. It talks about defamation law. That is a creature of state law, not federal law. It's certainly not in the Constitution. And yet the Supreme Court decided in 1964, oh, we think because of the First Amendment, we're going to say that you can defame someone and get away with it as long as they're a public official, usually a Republican public official, and as long as they didn't act with knowledge of falsity or reckless disregard for the truth. It's completely sloppy jurisprudence, and it's set up to do exactly what it has done, which is to give the media that much more of a monopoly toward propagating leftist ideology. Well, as desperate as these times are, I always enjoy having these conversations with you. Maybe we ought to do it a little bit more often, maybe it is a routine matter, I think. Um, I would love nothing more. That would be fantastic. Well, we're going to figure that out, Senator Lee. All right, and God bless you, and have a good evening, my friend. Thanks so much, Mark. Take care. You too. And I'll be right back. Mark in. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, Commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, Levin for Hillsdale.com. You know, Senator Lee was kind enough to mention he's looking at his bookshelves, and there's Men in Black, which was actually my first book, and then Liberty and Tyranny, which was actually my third book. And they do in a very concise and basic way lay out the situation and over the years I've written books that are I would say a little uh, more uh, scholarly in many respects and um, but lay it out in a way that all of us can understand 
There is a war going on in this country. Of course, if I mention it, I'm inciting. If the Democrats mention it and throw an Adolf Hitler to boot, of course, they are not inciting, they're insightful. But this is a, a massive attempt by the Democrat Party to grab power, to change America, and to forever institutionalize their uh, ideology. Now, what do you call that? I call it a disaster. And if you live in Joe Manchin State, or if you live in Cinema State, that would be West Virginia and Arizona, respectively, you best get on the phone as fast as you can and make it abundantly clear to these two senators that you have no tolerance for tyranny. Do it with politeness, do it with civility, but make it clear. You have no tolerance for the Democrat Party trying to destroy this country and steal election after election, and that you have every intention of not just voting against them, but actively campaigning against them in every way possible. This is not election reform. It has nothing to do with Jim Crow. It has nothing to do with black voters. It has everything to do with these lily-white left-wing Democrats out of San Francisco, out of Manhattan, and out of Wilmington, Delaware, who want to take over this country from the rest of us. They don't want to play fair. They don't want to compete fairly. It's not about ideas. It's about crushing ideas and crushing competition and crushing opposition. That is simply unacceptable. As the corrupt media sit there on their fat asses and just watch it with glee. Where the hell is Chuck Todd, that clown? And George Stephanopoulos, they're rooting for the Democrats. They're frauds. Their families, their friends, their social circle, they're all Democrats. Where's Adam Kingsinger? Where's the great Adam Kingsinger today? And look at this, this fraud Jake Tapper, who the other day went on and compared it to Jim Crow. What a jackass. Yes, he's a Democrat, and he worked for Democrats, and he weasels his way into the media. That's how it works, as I wrote about an unfreedom of the press. The evidence is, is unequivocal. And so that's what we're facing. I want to congratulate the Democrats. They have devoured our universities. They've devoured our media. They've devoured our culture and entertainment. Now they want to devour our liberty. That Declaration of Independence says certain things, and it means certain things. Our unalienable rights are not up for them to steal. All right, stick with us, folks. This isn't your typical show where we just read off websites and give opinions. We go a little bit deeper. Stick with us. That's why we've been here almost 20 years. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, You know, my dear friend, Rush. You know, there's institutions and people who are exploiting him, and it really infuriates me. And, um, but as you know, he used to say that he was the echo chamber. And in so many ways, he was. 
And I know offline, it kind of frustrated them. And we would have these discussions. You know, if you're going to climb the ladder to be on TV or radio, at least have some independent thoughts. At least do some of your own research. And we would talk about this from time to time. And I feel like I'm now carrying that baton of the echo chamber. Mr. Producer went back. Since February 8th, I've pointed out that Joe Biden has been driven by an obsession to be the greatest progressive, a.k.a. neo-Marxist president in history, that he wants to outdo Franklin Roosevelt and Lyndon Johnson and Obama. And I've been hammering this because people are saying, what is motivating him? Motivating, I said, this man is an egomaniac. He's a narcissist. That's what always motivates him. He's power hungry. And even in his declining state, that's what drives him, not the country. And so he's not going to work with the Republicans. He's going to ram through whatever he can and whatever he wants to. It doesn't matter if it's inconsistent with a position he took before. He has no scruples. He has no scruples. He, what he's left with is wanting to have a place in history. And he knows who writes the history books. And he, write, he knows who writes the obituaries. And he knows who writes the, the articles. The left. And so he has this secret meeting as reported by Vox in the White House. And I like the way the Daily Wire actually represents it. It says, Democrat President Joe Biden reportedly held a recent secret meeting in the White House with historians to discuss how big an agenda he should push and how fast he can jam it through. I'm quoting. The agenda that Biden is pursuing would bring, quote, once-in-a-lifetime historic changes to America, Axios reported. Democrat Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer declared in November that if Democrats won both U.S. Senate's and the Georgia runoff elections that Democrats would change America. The report said the historian's views were very much in sync with his own. It's time to go even bigger and faster than anyone expected. If that means chucking the filibuster and bipartisanship, so be it, wrote Axios. People close to Biden tell us he's feeling bullish on what he can accomplish and is fully prepared to support the dashing of the Senate's filibuster rule to allow Democrats to pass voting rights and other trophy legislation for his party. And I just read to you what it is. It's not voting rights. But till the day I die, that's what I'll call it. Voting reform and voting rights. It's funny how tyranny is labeled with the word reform and rights, isn't it? The agenda that Biden wants to enact includes a crackdown on the Second Amendment, passing a highly controversial election bill, and a radical climate agenda. The report says that Biden reportedly loves the media-generated narrative that he's bolder and bigger thinking than President Obama. What did I tell you? White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said this week that Biden is in regular contact with former President Obama to consult with him on a wide range of issues. The news that Biden now reportedly supports ending the filibuster, notice he wouldn't say it during the campaign, comes after Biden recently said this month that he only supported making changes to the filibuster and not eliminating it. The man does not have an ounce of integrity, ladies and gentlemen. He never has. Those of us who've been watching him for decades, we know what he is. He's called a sleazeball. The week before Biden said he supported making changes to the filibuster, 
The White House signaled that he did not support making changes to it. During the campaign, Biden stated that he did not support eliminating the filibuster because doing so, quote, raises problems that are more damaging than the problems that exist. That now he wants to eliminate it. The push for Senate Democrats to eliminate the filibuster is reportedly being led by a massive far-left dark money group. Now, let's turn to the, to the article where that was broken by the Free Beacon. You see, these are the people doing re- real reporting. The Washington Compost and New York Slimes, I call them the Compost and Slimes for a reason. These are propaganda sheets. That's all they are. They are ideologically driven. They are politically driven. They are not news organizations. And the people who work with them, they know it. They know they're ideologues, they know they're Democrats, and they know they're frauds. That's exactly what they are. And now they need to know that half the country knows what they are, too. And even the people who read those screeds know what they are, too. They read them for left-wing reinforcement. But so just to take a sidestep here, here's what the Free Beacon says about the dark money Massive amounts of pressure that's being made to get rid of the filibuster by hardcore left-wing groups who have as their purpose to destroy the nation as you know it. Joe Schafstall and Matthew Foldy over at the Free Beacon. The left-wing group leading a campaign to have Senate Democrats eliminate the filibuster is housed at one of the left's most powerful dark money networks business records show. Now, how come no news organization other than the Free Beacon dug this up? Because they don't want to. Fix Our Senate, it's called, is steering a coalition of 60 progressive groups, a.k.a. Marxist groups, to pressure moderate Democrats to eliminate the filibuster, which requires a 60-vote supermajority to advance legislation. The group is a project of the 1630 Fund. The 1630 Fund, a nonprofit incubator managed by the D.C.-based consulting firm Arabella Advisors, look at how they have different levels to wash through their agenda and their money. Arabella's network of funds is used by the nation's wealthiest liberal donors to secretly bankroll a host of progressive initiatives. So no, 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 you don't understand, folks. It's the Republicans. They're Jim Crow. They're Jim Crow. No, no, no. It's these megalomaniacs with their billions of dollars like Soros who wish to destroy this country. The coalition has added dozens of groups in recent days as Democrats increase their calls to eliminate the filibuster. President Joe Biden has said he supports filibuster reform, would prefer a return to a talking filibuster. But White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the president remains open to hearing other ideas. In other words, he supports it. The coalition led by Fix Our Senate is trying to drum up support by painting the filibuster as a racist tool. It's never been a quote-unquote racist tool. It's been used by racists. But it's also been used by Obama. Is he a racist? It's been used by Biden. Is he a racist? It's been used by Democrats from the Northeast all the time. Are they racists? I guess so. But the filibuster is not a Jim Crow relic. I've talked about the history of the filibuster. It goes back as far as ancient Rome. On Thursday, the coalition launched a nationwide six-figure ad buy, quote, that makes the case that the filibuster, a long-favorite procedural tool of segregationists, has prevented voting rights and civil rights from passing the U.S. Senate, unquote, said Elizabeth Warren, 
But Elizabeth Warren used the filibuster too. So I guess she's a racist. We want to make sure voters understand that the filibuster, an abused and outdated Jim Crow relic, is a big part of what is broken about our government. And we are encouraging them to make their voices heard and call on their senators to choose progress, not more gridlock. Eli Zupnik, spokesman for Fix Our Senate, said in a press release. Race is the most diabolical tool, and it is used now relentlessly by the Democrat Party and the media. As a subsidiary of the 1630 Fund, Fix Our Senate does not have to register as a standalone nonprofit with the IRS. This allows the group to operate largely in secret. You see, they set it up in a way where there's no transparency. This is the left. Fix Our Senate does not have to disclose its donors or file tax forms that would shed light on its financial activity, board members or contractors. The 1630 Fund is used by liberal billionaire George Soros and others in the Democracy Alliance, a secretive donor club that financially supports progressive causes. Arabella managed funds facilitated $715 million of dark money in 2019. 2019. And remember all the dark money, almost $400 million that went into the Biden campaign? Media didn't have a problem with that at all. This coalition of groups is disingenuous when in reality these are just trade names of 1630 Fund, a branch of the overarching behemoth Arabella Advisors. Caitlin Sutherland, Executive Director of Americans for Public Trust, told the Washington Free Beacon. These groups are trying to imitate local grassroots groups but are backed by Arabella to influence public policy. In other words, very big moneyed interests. The Progressive Coalition includes gun control, immigration, health care groups, among others. One coalition member, Demand Progress, is also housed at the 1630 Fund. Demand Progress, excuse me, Demand Justice, also at the 1630 Fund, was previously linked to Fix Our Senate. Now, the anti-filibuster coalition launched just as Senate Democrats began abandoning their stances on the issues. Senator Tom Cotton has used his Twitter feed to highlight how Democrats including Senators Ed Markey and Martin Heinrich, Martin Heinrich, signed on to a bipartisan effort to preserve the 60-volt threshold in the past. Not anymore. While Markey now says the filibuster was created so that slave owners could hold power over our government, he tweeted in praise of Senator Chris Murphy for his 2016 filibuster, telling Murphy's efforts to hold the floor at the time Markey called on Americans to tune in on C-SPAN and watch powerful filibuster on the Senate floor. The filibuster had nothing to do with slavery, nothing to do with race. First time it was used, it was uh, used as an objection to the firing of the printers of the Senate. In a statement to the Free Beacon, Cotton criticized his colleagues for switching their positions on the issue. He said, the same Democrats who hysterically call the filibuster racist and evil filibustered themselves hundreds of times over the past few years. Cotton referred to Fix Our Senate's goals as a coordinated political attack to ramp through a left-wing agenda before the voters kicked the Democrats out of power in 2022. Fix Our Senate did not respond to requests from the Free Beacon. Now you know. It's these, what they call, dark money forces in Washington, D.C., billionaires and millionaires, assaulting our constitutional system, and then using stereotypes and bigotry. They're claiming they're doing it, 
for African-Americans. They're destroying our country for African-Americans. This is the argument. And if you disagree with them destroying our country, then you're a white supremacist. You must favor slavery. Because we all know the filibuster was used to promote slavery. We know that because virtually every Democrat in the Senate today has used the filibuster. And Obama used the filibuster. And Biden used the filibuster. And Ted Kennedy used the filibuster. So we know it must be about slavery and racism. How much more of this crap are you going to eat? I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Meanwhile, the cover-up on what's going on at the border continues. And uh, much of the media don't really care. New York Times, Washington Post. There are a few people who are speaking out, um, shockingly. Uh, today, the, uh, the Biden regime allowed reporters to view a specific site that's not a frontline site. Uh, and uh, it, even though it was uh, purposely fuzzy, so you wouldn't see who the individuals are, showed a nice orderly uh, marching of people into this corner or that corner, but that's not what's going on. This is the kind of propaganda they get in communist China, fascistic Russia, Islamo-Nazi Iran. This is what you get now in the United States with the Biden regime. And the media are perfectly happy, except for a few voices. No lawsuits being filed, nothing of the sort. The best thing Biden can do is blame it on Trump and then appoint the hapless, inexperienced, really whack job, Kamala Harris, to be in charge of it. So here's Biden today on the border surge. Cut, one, go. And there are, uh, as I said, there are many factors as to why people leave in the first place. But uh, this is... uh, You're uh, one of them, you idiot. Have you noticed their shirts? Biden, please let me in. They're talking to you, you moron. Go ahead. This is the, uh, the source of uh, one of the reasons why we've had such a, before we took office, in the midst of the last administration's somewhat draconian policies of separating children from their parents, etc. What in the hell is this fool talking about? The only time children were separated from adults was when our civil servants, 
when the Border Patrol and ICE could not determine whether or not those adults belong with those children. They need to protect the children from coyotes, from rapists and molesters. Just because somebody says they're a parent doesn't make it so. So you have to separate them in order to make determinations. And you don't send little kids off with adults and put them in detention centers with other adults, you idiot. You've got to figure out exactly what's going on. And it gets very complicated down there on the border. And so for this fool to stand there, Mr. I invented the vaccines and thank me for them. Now he's talking about draconian policies of separating children. You know who's separating children from their parents, Mr. Producer? The parents are separating their children from the parents. They're sending them over the border. Because Biden has made it clear they're not going to be deported. They're not going to send them back. And so they're going to seek their parents south of the border in Central and South America, bring them into the United States, and let them free without court dates. This is all intentional. Again, if you understand the mindset here, which is to empower the Democrat Party, not what's in the best interests of the United States of America, then it all makes sense. Sickeningly, unbelievably, but it all makes sense. That's why the media, some of them, really don't want to go and look at these reception centers. CNS Jeff Zeleny. What happened to Jim Acosta, Mr. B? Seriously, what happened to the guy? Put him on an iceberg and send him off? No, he's not at the White House anymore. No, 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 no. What's he, at Mar-a-Lago or something, trying to chase down the former president? Here's a back and forth. Cut three, go. The access being granted uh, today for the pool is of a facility that is aspirational of where you want to move uh, these children. Mm -hmm. What about access to the facilities where there is overcrowding and there is an actual uh, uh, problem? Why was this one chosen over those? We're also open to providing access there, um, and this is just the first step in the process of providing greater access to the media. With that, the decision be made. You said earlier in this week that uh, you would be working on access. Is this the only access, or will that be coming? No, I would. I would consider it. It's it's ongoing, and we wanted to provide. Hey, moron! Why don't you let the press down there to pick whatever reception facility they want to, to see all the magnificent good works and humanity you're spreading around? Why don't you allow that, you fool? This is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, in tyrannies. This is exactly what happens. Government by executive order, government by the mob in Congress, government by secrecy. You're living it. You're staring it right in the face. I'll be right back. Liberty's Voice, Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Katie Pavlich, Maria Bartiroma. Aren't they two fantastic... What are they, broadcasters? Don't you think, Mr. Producer? And of course, there are many fantastic broadcasters who've been in a shot at that 7 p.m. Eastern time. Unfortunately, I can't watch most of them, but I was able to watch a little bit of Katie and a little bit of Maria, and I thought, just thought they were outstanding, absolutely outstanding. I'm not degrading anyone else. I'm not voting. I'm just saying what I saw, the people I saw. I haven't been able to see most of the others. But when I was out in other periods of time, I just thought Katie and Maria were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So I salute them. 
Well, you got to hand it to the Democrats and the media and the rest of the uh, gaggle, don't you? Bill Clinton is going to have a uh, empowering women event. And I believe in this time, men are required to keep their pants on. And who is going to meet with Bill Clinton to empower women? None other than Kamala Harris. I'm surprised they didn't invite Andrew Cuomo, Mr. Producer. You could have, there's Bill Clinton, Andrew Cuomo, Kamala Harris, or, Bill, or Joe Biden for that matter, Tara Reid. Tara Reid has accused Joe Biden of rape. Of rape, and the historians are sitting around. You know, you can go big and bigger. You know, you can be bigger than FDR and LBJ. These are historians. No, they're phonies. You know? But they stand up for women. Look how long it took Biden and Kamala Harris to say anything about Cuomo. But look how long it took the rest of the Democrats to say anything about Biden and Tara Reid. They said nothing. There's Biden going around smelling. How sick and creepy is this guy? He's touching women on the shoulders and the lower back, touching them behind their necks, smelling their hair, kissing the back of their heads. He says, you know, times have changed. I didn't realize. Yes, you're not supposed to touch a woman who's not your wife. And you're not supposed to touch them in a place where you're not supposed to touch them. I don't know. I don't think that's new. I don't think times have changed. I think that's a fact that you're not supposed to do. Didn't matter. All the women's group thought he was great. All the phony Me Too types thought it was fine. There's Joe. Our simpleton, moronic Joe. We have to back Joe. None of it matters. And, you know, they gave Bill Clinton a pass, too. They defended him against impeachment, even though he lied under oath in a federal case. Didn't matter. Even though a judge held him in contempt, but she had to wait, she said, until after the trial, which was ridiculous, but she did. And everybody said, you know, it's a personal matter. That's right. Molesting women on government property on official time, it's a personal matter, especially when you're president of the United States and you're molesting an intern. Hey, look. JFK did it. Why can't Bill Clinton? That's right, he did. And I said it. That's right, he did. It's terrible. But Joe Biden, there's lunch bucket Joe. Joe's never even been near a lunch bucket. Scranton, Pennsylvania, when's the last time Joe showed up when it wasn't an election cycle? He never shows up. He doesn't care. It's like what's going on on the border. Donald Trump would be down there in a helicopter ride in two minutes. But Biden blames Donald Trump for what Biden did. And then he takes credit from Donald Trump for what Trump did. This guy's a psychopath. He's all excited. He's going bigger and broader than Franklin Roosevelt and LBJ and Obama. He's destroying the country. He's empowering the Democrat Party. That's what he's doing. Bernie Sanders, do you ever hear Bernie Sanders complain at all about what Joe Biden's doing? No. In the media. I'm going to read something to you. I wouldn't normally read, see how much of this I can get through before I vomit on my sneakers. Somebody named Natalie Jezienka. 
J-E-S-I-O-N-K-A, Jesnienka, that sounds Eastern European, I suppose, but there you are. And she lectures at Rutgers, of course, but she writes from time to time for the Washington Post, the lifestyle section. And here's the title of the piece, America. Social justice for toddlers, these new books and programs start the conversation early. You have to wonder, who is the chairman of the board of the Washington Post Corporation? Who is the CEO of the Washington Post Corporation that would allow such filth and insanity to appear in their pages? In the era of Black Lives Matter and Me Too, many parents are wondering when the right time is to talk to their children about social justice. Experts say it's never too early. And a new wave of tools and resources can help start the conversation. You can enroll in a music class virtually now that develops understanding of gender and personhood. A drag queen story time will soon be a television show. And there are more and more children's books that discuss intersectionality and broaden representation, plus flashcards and short videos that teach parent and toddler alike about anti-racism ideas. Oh, my Lord. Teaching children to have an equity mindset and strive for justice is giving them a crucial skill that will help them through life, says Nicole Stamp, a Toronto-based children's TV writer and host who co-founded the limited-run Bias Box, a curated box of toys, books, and curricula that aims to dismantle bias for kids as young as two years old. This is sickening child abuse. That's exactly what it is by the radical kook left. Some children don't usually get to see kids like themselves reflected in the media, she says. Positive representation validates them. For all kids, widening the lens to not just include but equally center other identities teaches an accurate and important lesson about what the world actually looks like. I don't know what world they live in, do you, Mr. Producer? Lee Wilton and Jessica Sullivan, Skidmore College, may I say, Skidmore College psychology professors who study race and social interaction, say that children develop implicit bias as early as three months old, and at four years old are categorizing and developing stereotypes. These people are beyond the pale. Three months old? Three months old, you're crapping in your pants and you're spitting up baby food. What the hell are they talking about? Sullivan, a developmental psychologist, says that while there may be no precise age to discuss race, all children are different, there are abstract notions that children need to deal with, and they are capable of reasoning about things such as death, even in preschool. You see, these people are in our school system, they're in our colleges and universities, they get tenure, they get paid to do this. They get paid to destroy our country and our culture. May I say, with all due respect, parents often report discussing topics like death with children when it comes up. Perhaps the trick then is to be intentional about noticing when and how race comes up in daily life and using those moments as opportunities for discussion. You know, I'm old enough to remember when we were supposed to judge people by judging people. Now we see race everywhere, except when we're not supposed to see race everywhere. It's very confounding. Wilton adds, when you think about reading... You don't say a child of two years old can't read, so let's not read to them or teach them to recognize letters. We begin building those foundational concepts early. Adults can help even the youngest of children begin to develop the social, emotional, and cognitive skills that will enable them to engage with race throughout their lives. 
They add that ensuring children have authentic connections to people from different backgrounds is likely to reduce bias. Not under critical race theory. White people are the enemy under critical race theory. In Philadelphia, Janine Cook, owner of Harriet's Bookshop, developed a children's space that aligns with her, her mission of promoting black women authors, women activism, and women artists. Well, what happened to men? She sells children's books such as Anti-Racist Baby, Woke Baby, and You Matter, and plans to institute child-led storytelling, publishing, and book talks. Cook suggests using Christian Robinson's picture book, Another, to start social justice conversations with young children. It goes on and on, ladies and gentlemen. This is how you destroy children. You put that left-wing agenda in their minds. You know how you teach children not to be racist? By example. Just be nice to people. You're going to teach them about their gender? We are abusing the next generation and beyond. We're bankrupting them with our spending. We're destroying their, their notion of citizenship by opening borders to anybody who wants to come in. We're going to make sure they're poor. We're going to make sure they're, when it comes to education, ignorant. We don't even teach them the basics, let alone all this stuff. It is disgusting what this generation, the one right behind mine, what they are doing to our children. It is disgusting. I'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Joe Biden is a, uh, is a dictator of sorts. That's what he's become. He's a dictator of sorts. We have a Democrat Party in Congress that has no compunction about facilitating that kind of a dictatorship because he's advancing an agenda that they all agree with. And this is uh, really perverse. Because what the framers assumed, based on Montesquieu's model, was we have these different branches of government... And they're all vying for power, so one will check the other. What they weren't aware of is political party. And so, for the Democrats, it's not about 
checks and balances. It's not even about the Constitution. It's about advancing power. And they have basically taken two routes at the same time. Or for those of you, routes at the same time. They've gone the mobocracy route, which is they want to ram stuff through Congress. They want to eliminate the filibuster rules so there isn't so much deliberation. It's just you have a majority of the vote, then you win. This is counter to everything that was debated at the Constitutional Convention. And they conveniently reject what took place at the Constitutional Convention because they dismiss the geniuses who are at the Constitutional Convention for a variety of reasons. And then the other route or path that they're following is in the executive branch, the fascistic nature of the Biden presidency. And so you have the fascistic nature of the Biden presidency in one branch of our elected government, and you have the mobocracy, the mob, in the other branch. Neither respects our constitutional system, neither believes in little r republicanism, neither believes in federalism, neither believes in representative government. That's why they want to destroy the voting system. And they always do this. All tyrannies do this on behalf of the people, like the People's Republic of China. Yeah, right. Or the People's Revolution in Iran. Or the People's Revolution in Venezuela. Or the People's Revolution in Cuba. They have nothing to do with the people. They fool a lot of people a lot of the time. They gain power. And then they spend their time institutionalizing their power. Either changing the voting system, changing the constitutional system building a massive bureaucratic army that basically puts in place the laws that it supports. Anything to defy the founding principles. And now they're utterly and completely out of the closet, trashing the founding. The New York Times 1619 project is aimed at that. Attacking the founders, attacking the the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Questioning the entire economic and political system of the country which they want to replace with what they don't give us their blueprint but I'll tell you what it is it's a form of Marxism or neo-Marxism that's what it is and I am sad to say and I said this to my wife the other day maybe even this morning I am sad to say that the most influential modern philosopher throughout the planet throughout the planet was and is Karl Marx. You know why? He gave form and substance to totalitarianism and to tyranny. He gave form and substance to anger and divisiveness. So if you're anti-social, if you're a miscreant, if you're a malcontent, if you're evil, if you're a mastermind or a would-be mastermind, that is the ideology you use. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. 
Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. It's our final hour of the evening, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811, and we will be going to the callers in a little bit. I want to remind you, we've talked about this before, but people come and go on the program. Under the Voting Rights Act of 1965, a.k.a. the Civil Rights Act of 1965, There are two sections in particular, but one that matters. One that the Supreme Court has finally shot down. If you, as an individual, believe that your ability to vote has been interfered with, if you believe that you have been prevented from voting because of your race or ethnicity and so forth, you have a federal cause of action. You can go to federal court, and there's plenty of lawyers who would help you. We don't have a lot of those lawsuits, you see. Because that's not going on in this country anymore. Let me repeat. I know the propaganda. That's not going on in this country anymore. We've made tremendous progress in America. And we still work at it day in and day out. But that's different than trying to destroy America and trying to turn one race against another. That I will not stand for as one American. But under the Civil Rights Act of 1965, if you believe you can demonstrate, if you believe that you can demonstrate that you couldn't vote because you were obstructed and so forth, then, of course, you have a federal cause of action. There can be no Jim Crow today. If there's evidence of Jim Crow today, that is, literacy tests, poll taxes, and the like, then I would assume the New York Times and the Washington Post and all the rest of the kook media would show it to us. Well, where is it? Where is it? And if it was happening systemically, it would be all over the place. Well, where is it? All over the place. It's nowhere. So Republicans who oppose this H.R. 1 are trying to maintain a competitive electoral system, whereas the Democrats are trying to destroy it. But the Democrats, who are in fact responsible for so much of the hideous aspects of our history, and unlike the left, I think our history has been magnificent. I said the hideous aspects of our history. Much of it falls at the feet of the Democrat Party. Imagine how better this party would have been. Excuse me. Imagine how better this country would have been, but for the Democrat Party and its relationship and leadership of the Confederacy. And back then its ideology promoted slavery. Today its ideology promotes big, powerful, centralized government. They never talk about liberty, ever. 
ever. Because they don't believe in him. So here's Chuck Schumer at a hearing today on this hideous bill. This election bill that I've discussed over and over again, including earlier in this program, and all the things it would do to all voters, black, white, red, yellow, American citizens, how it would undermine the franchise. Here's what Chuck Schumer's reading from his statement. Cut 12, go. I would like to ask my Republican colleagues, why are you so afraid of democracy? Now see how he poses it, and the media will do the same thing. H.R. 1 has nothing to do with democracy, let alone representative government. It has everything to do with empowering the Democrat Party. But he won't go through the specifics. He will make comments of the sort that he makes here. Why are you afraid of democracy? Why are you, why are you wanting to tr- discriminate against black people? Why are you? And that's the narrative. Because he knows that the media are corrupt and they will regurgitate his platitudes. This is a very evil man. Chuck Schumer. Very evil. Go ahead. Why, instead of trying to win voters over that you lost in the last election, are you trying to prevent them? Who are they trying to prevent from voting? And just think about what he's saying there. We have changed the system to make sure we win. So why don't you try and go with the system and try and win the voters over that we change the system to win? Go ahead. Our country has come a long way, supposedly, since African Americans in the South were forced to guess guess the number of jelly beans in a jar in order to vote. Let me ask you, what, what does that have to do with this? What in the hell does that have to do with this? Preventing states from determining whether people who are voting have voter IDs. We could say this about any area of our society where identification is required. I mean, what in the hell? I mean, honestly... Do we say that when we're waiting in line at the TSA set up by the federal government to get on an airplane? We say, this is the same as Jim Crow. You're requiring people. It's like counting the number of jelly beans in a jar. That's not fair. Do we say, hey, look, uh, uh, you're discriminating against poor minorities because they don't have an ID that they can show to get on an airplane? Do we say that? When you enter the United States Senate, if you can get through the barbed wire and the National Guard and get through the medical, uh, metal detectors, do we say, look at all the obstacles you put in the way so we can visit and talk to our members of Congress? Do we say that discriminates against minorities? Do we? Have you ever looked at the Internal Revenue Code? They talk about literacy texts. Unless you're a CPA and you're trained in this, nobody can read the Internal Revenue Code. That doesn't stop them from writing it. Is that anti-minority and anti-African-American? What is it? They put out almost a million pages of regulations every year. Do they expect us to read them as they try to change our lives and dictate who we are and what we are and condemn us? How does that affect African Americans, huh? This is not the party of the African American. It's not the party of minorities. This isn't the party of the 
of the oppressed. This is the oppressing party. Go ahead. But some of these voter suppression laws in Georgia and other Republican states smack of Jim Crow rearing its ugly head. No, your head is ugly and you reared it. And we can't tell your head from your rear. But all that aside, Georgia, which is trying to control the mail-in voting, that's Jim Crow. So if you don't do what the Democrats want to do this time, too, that's Jim Crow. State legislatures trying to take their election systems back from courts and Democrat operatives, that's Jim Crow. Here's the sickening part of this. Everybody in Washington knows and everybody in Congress knows and everybody in the media know that Chuck Schumer, the Biden campaign, the DNC, the House and Senate equivalents with their Democrat operation arms, raised a fortune to change the laws in these states to benefit the Democrat Party. Now they wrap themselves in self-righteousness, claiming to represent minorities, claiming to represent people who just want to vote. What do you have to be afraid of but democracy? They create the very scenario, and then they pretend that if you disagree with them, you oppose voting. No wonder Chuck Schumer doesn't have the courage to come on this program. I would rip this man to shreds. Substantively, of course. Just rip him to shreds. Kick him from one end of the planet to the other. He wouldn't get away with this kind of crap with me. But alas, it won't happen. It won't happen. But this is the kind of crap that we have to hear from Chuck Schumer as he tries to destroy the voting system. Tell me, ladies and gentlemen, is California an example of what we want for the rest of the country? One party rule? No mention is made of the fact that Chuck Schumer is acting in his own self-interest, that Chuck Schumer is a megalomaniac, a power-hungry buffoon. No mention of any of that, that the Democrat Party is trying to use the law and a non-majority of 50-50 to empower itself. Where's the New York Times? Where's the Washington Post? Where's cable TV, CNN, and MSNBC? Nowhere. The idiot Jake Tapper regurgitated exactly what Chuck Schumer told him to say. The same thing, Jim Crow. Do they know what Jim Crow is? Do they know what Jim Crow was? Doesn't matter. They called Donald Trump Hitler. Do they know who Hitler was and what Hitler did? Doesn't matter. They attack Donald Trump's intelligence. They bring in this fraud from Yale, Bandy X, whatever the hell her name was. We had her on the program, you'll recall. But no question about the idiot, the true idiot, the definition of the word idiot who's sitting in the Oval Office. No concerns in the media about the constitutional system. They know exactly what's going on. Counting the number of jelly beans in a jar in order to vote. Is there no depth too low for Chuck Schumer? The answer is no. He is a sick, sick reptilian. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right. Keeping my promise, we'll take some calls here. We have callers from Carlsbad, New Mexico, made in North Carolina, Lancaster, California, Long Island, New York, Maui, Hawaii, all over the world. It's amazing the reach of this program, isn't it? Steve, Maui, Hawaii, on the Mark Levin app. Steve, how are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you, Mark? Very well, thank you. Well... Um, I have to say, we got a fire inside for this country. Well, are you, uh, that's kind of windy there. Uh, go right ahead. Yeah, I know. It's Maui, it's Maui. I apologize. I'm at work. Getting off right now, actually. But, yeah, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a little disheartening, you know. It's, uh, you know, I, <laughs> seems like the government's running the show lock, stock, and barrel, um, as you would say. You know, they... They police themselves, which they don't, and we're cut out of the picture. I don't want to say, what do we do, because that's tired. I don't want to say it's over. That's tired, too. But, I mean, I just, I really don't know what to say. Well, at a minimum, we need to spread the word, like the early colonists did, spread the word about the spreading tyranny. You're not going to get it from the media today. So we need to, as, uh, as active citizens, we need to spread the word about what's going on to our country, about what they want to do on the vote, about what they want to do in terms of spending, about the conduct of the man in the Oval Office, about the conduct of members of Congress and the Supreme Court, or the Failure to Act in that case. Each and every one of us have to be our own Thomas Paine. And we need to spread the word as much as possible to people. And you might say, well, what does that do? It does everything. We're up against a corrupt media. We're up against a corrupt a bunch of uh, tech billionaires in Silicon Valley. But we're a bigger army than they are. And so using your mouths, using your brain, spreading the word, that is good activism. And we must do it. That's what we do. Yes, sir. I totally agree, 100%. And I have so much. And and, and it is amazing how few of us talk to our families, our friends, our social circles, circles, people who we go to uh, various religious institutions with, uh, whether it's churches or synagogues or mosques or whatever. Spread the word. Spread the word. This is our country, and it's being seized from us. And we must spread the word everywhere we can. Truckers, spread the word. Uber drivers, little drivers, cab drivers, spread the word. Don't be afraid. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. I can't hear him very well. Let's go to Sal, 
Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go right ahead, Sal. Mr. Levin, it's an honor, sir. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm a former Democrat, about six years now. I'm a conservative Republican. There you go. Um, what I'd like to share with you, uh, you could fact check, no need to answer. I'd like to talk about organized labor. And um, I am one. I'm a retired person. I, I was a representative myself. Right. Labor, in, uh, for the most part, endorses Democrats. And mm-hmm. on the average, they pick up about 17 percent of their vote by doing so. We door knock, we, we phone bank, et cetera. Let me get to the point. Bill Clinton, Clinton administration, labor wanted to strike a replacement bill. We never got it. No executive order. What did we get? We got NAFTA. Obama administration, another eight years, we wanted card check recognition. Eight years, never got it. No executive order. Now with Biden, we want the PRO Act. Again, things you could fact check, sir. You don't have to answer. And what are we told to do? Call your members of Congress to support. Why isn't Biden doing executive order for that? So I think that organized labor is being duped by the Democrats. I think a lot of leaders in organized labor are Democrats first and union men second. I really believe that. What is what's one of the first thing Biden does? He fires 15,000 union members. That's what I'm saying. If we got the pro act, He opens the damn border. Thousand already. So it's like a, a joke. You know, it's it's... They're really not. You know, organized labor lost one of its biggest advocates in Donald Trump. It really did, in the Republican Party, as such. And um, I think a lot of the membership voted for Trump, but the leaders, not all, but almost to a man, backed Biden. Biden likes to say he's a union man. Let me be very clear about this. I'm not union. I'm not non-union. I'm for the individual liberty of the American citizen. Joe Biden's against it all. You don't open the borders like he's opening them and expect good things to come. For the people coming across who are suffering as a result, for our school systems, for our law enforcement systems, he's trampling all over our laws. That's what Biden's doing. And I'll tell you something else, sir. What, what kind of union were you in? Manufacturing for the most part, but they're very diversified. I, I understand. Every union's different. But guess what? Biden has sided with the radical environmental movement. And guess what they oppose? Smokestack industries, energy industries, all the industries where it takes men and women working with their hands, steel industry, aluminum industry, you name the industry. That's what the environmentalists oppose. And Biden has made a decision to side with them while fooling the unions. And you can see what he's doing. All right, Sal. By the way, you must be the only Sal in New York. Is that a popular name in New York? Yes, it is. I'm just messing with you. You know that. All right, Sal. Thank you for your call, my friend. I shall return. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Let's get another caller or two or five in here. Trey, made in North Carolina, the great WHKY. Trey, go right ahead, please. Hey, great one. Um, last year, my wife and I watched the news probably more than we have any other year, just staying up to date with coronavirus and the riding. And my, my eight-year-old son, um, we always go to the same Walmart. And, and last year we went to Walmart, and uh, we were leaving, and he says, um, he says, Dad, I, th- there was a lot of black people there today. And I stopped and I said, son, what do you mean by that? Uh-huh. And, and I paused for a minute, looked at my wife, and I said, honey, my son just saw color for the first time today. And then we go back home and I start to think about it, and it was just it was having it in my TV, all the media, all the news, and and it just goes back to what you said. So like you think that. the TV, the news did it? I don't doubt it for two seconds. There's no biasness at three months, Mark. It, uh-uh. There's no biasness at seven years old or eight years old. These kids are born colorblind, and and it, the, I don't know what these people at the compost are talking about because it's not real. Uh, but they want to go further: race, gender. They want you to have a discussion about gender. You know, my daughter picked up and left California. She's my two little grandchildren. She said, I'm not, I'm not putting my kids through this. And she went to Tennessee. Well, guess what? There's no escaping this. So as a result of the pandemic, at least for now, she's been homeschooling our granddaughter, who's seven, and our, our grandson. And... Uh, We'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, people need to go to their school board meetings. I was a school board member when I was in law school years and years ago. It has an impact. You cannot allow these nut jobs to take control of these government-funded schools. We pay for these schools. We pay the salaries of the administrators. We pay the salaries of the teachers. We pay for the facilities. We pay for everything. And the idea that we have no say whatsoever? If you had several hundred people show up at these school boards... Either they start to listen or you kick their asses out of office. But you're exactly right. You turn on TV. Look, I like to watch uh, uh, the History Channel, A&E, Discovery now and then. But you can't escape it. It's even there. It's just absolutely shocking. And, it, and the corporations are the propaganda wing for all this, aren't they? They are. Uh, and, and it's everywhere for kids, too, Mark. It's Disney Channel. It's Nickelodeon. It's, uh, it's... Whatever happened to the purple dinosaur, Barney? (laughs) I mean, that was, that was, that was fine, you know. The Muppets, uh, 
Yeah, it's just uh, what's happening here is really, uh, it's really grotesque. What was really an extraordinarily radical and fringe ideology, uh, this critical theory, is now center stage. It's shocking. And we didn't vote for it, we didn't ask for it, but it's imposed on us, much like what Biden's doing. And Biden is out for himself. Biden's out to make a name for himself. Biden's out for history. He has nowhere else to go. Uh, it's just uh, what's happening here is uh, utterly and completely anti-American. Trey, thank you, my friend. So it's going to be up to you as parents and grandparents to make sure that your children and grandchildren learn what they should learn the way they should learn it. You're not going to be able to rely on uh, third parties to do it. Let's go to Angel, Carlsbad, New Mexico, XM Satellite. How are you? All right, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Love the show. Thanks for the passion that you put into it. Thank you. Great information. Uh, It's probably one of the few platforms, very few platforms that I utilize to get informed. Thank you. Mr. Levin, uh, I'm Mexican by birth. I'm from Texas. I've always resided in Texas. Love it. But, uh... Three callers back, you said something about informing people, right? Yes. Maybe we can use that to fight this rhetoric or this agenda that the Democrats have against us with these illegal aliens. And maybe it's by informing them of what it is that they're fixing to vote for whenever they do get a chance to vote. Uh, hopefully not, right? Because, I mean, obviously it's... Uh, no, no, uh, I get your point. If they're going to be here and there's no way to send them home... Your point is we got to get the message of Americanism to across to as many people as we can. Isn't that your point? Yes, sir, exactly, because that's what they're fleeing, right, supposedly. So let's inform them that if they vote for the Democrats, that's exactly what they're going to face here in the next God knows how many years, right? I mean, you know, you, you it, make it, a it very makes... important point. And I, I would have an army of Spanish-speaking people, people who've come from south of the border. But others too, but mostly people who've come from south of the border who've escaped tyranny, who've escaped oppression, who are, who are among those who really do believe in the American system. And I, you're so right. And I'd have this army of, of people talk to as many Listen, ideas of consequences. Talking to people, word of mouth is crucially important. It's more important than commercials. It's more important than news. It's more important than any of it. And I think you've tapped into something. If, the, if illegal immigrants should be sent home, but the people who are here and remain here by hook or by crook, we need them eventually if they're going to vote or if their children are going to vote, to vote for liberty and to vote for America. So you're exactly right, Angel. I agree with you. And by the way, you're in New Mexico now. Yes, what sir. happened? You're from Texas. Uh, no, I'm, I'm working in the oil and gas industry, so I'm one wow. of the fortunate that I've ever been able to survive this industry. But I'm out here temporarily, you know. But uh, traveling it's a little frightening. Home. They're coming for you, you know. <laughs> yes, sir. They're it, coming for your industry. It's the most disgusting thing in the world. You guys work your backs off, and and we were the number one in energy production, and now the price of fuel, the price of electricity, are starting to really skyrocket. Anyway, sad times we're seeing right now. Very, very sad. sad. But thank you for taking my call, Mr. Levin. Love the show and keep at it, boss, because you're you're a great pra- platform for information, boss. Well, thank you, Angel, and God bless you, my friend. Let's continue. Let's go to Steve 
Asheville, North Carolina, XM Satellite. Steve, you're on. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark. I read the Communist Manifesto about four times now and took Mm. notes, and I just have a quick quote for you. In short, the communists everywhere support every revolutionary movement against the existing social and political Mm -hmm. order of things. Mm -hmm. In all these movements, they bring to the front as the leading question in each, the property question, no matter what its degree of development at the time. Finally, they labor everywhere for the union and agreement of the democratic parties of all countries. Mm-hmm. The communists disdain to conceal their views and aims. They openly declare that their ends can be attained only by the forcible overthrow of all existing social conditions, end quote. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. That's the Democratic Party playbook right there. And not only that, Marx said that uh, for a period of time that you have to anticipate that there will be despotism. Right. Because you have to clean the slate. So people who are successful need to be uh, either eliminated or they need to be uh, separated from their success. Because people who are successful, you see, are only successful because they... uh, uh, they put down the proletariat. They're only successful because of their inheritance. They're only blah, 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 you know. So you're exactly right. And yet this is the ideology, I would argue, and as I said, I said to my wife this morning, I said, you know, as I think about this stuff, as I write this book, as I, as I noodle on this, it's a sickening fact that Marx is the most influential modern philosopher in the world. Because his ideology gives uh, a framework to tyranny. It gives a framework to evil. It gives a framework to, uh, to people who are disconnected from their existing society. It gives, a, it gives a, a, almost a, a legitimate patina to what it is that they want to do. To violence, to, uh, uh, to protest, you name it. And here we have the greatest country on the face of the earth, and it's being shredded. And not only that, the, uh, the, the body through which it's being shredded now, and I'm convinced of it, is the Democrat Party. Steve, uh, that was excellent. I want to thank you, my friend. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. 
You know, it's a perverse world in which Naomi Wolf, a longtime neo-Marxist, who's written book after book, trashing capitalism, trashing this country, promoting the most extremist ideas on climate change, is promoted and celebrated because as a result of her and her ideology, people are being canceled. And now she's concerned about it because, you know, the Trotskyites turn on the Leninists, the Leninists turn on the Stalinists, they turn on each other. But Christy Nome, on the other hand, she's the enemy. Quite perverse, don't you think? I think so. That's at least my view. Worth two cents, but nonetheless, that's my view. I have book after book written by Naomi Wolf. Throwing in with the hard left, with the Noam Chomsky's of the world. Trashing our economic system. Throwing in hard with the climate change people. Anti-capitalism. Her parents were radicals. And so book after book. Interview after interview. I even cite her in one of my books. But because she's now concerned about the cancel culture, which her ideology created... Now we have to celebrate her. Why do, we, why do we have to have our principles and our belief systems um, justified by the left to make them right? And why do we promote such people? Who cares what they say? Now Christy Nome, who's been one of the most fantastic governors all through this pandemic, she has a really excellent record compared to most Republicans and all Democrats. She wants to take another look at this bill regarding the destruction of girls' sports. I don't agree with her. But she's not throwing in with the Biden crowd. She's not throwing in with the, with the radicals. And now she's to be trashed. This is what I'm seeing on the internet. This is what I'm hearing. Do you find this weird? I find it very weird. But then again, here we are. Let's go to Roshad Clinton, Maryland, the great WMAL. Roshad, how are you, sir? How are you doing, Mr. Levin? Very well, thank Mr. you. Mr. Denalius. Oh, thank it's you. A pleasure. It's a pleasure to speak with you. You can call me Mark. Yes, thank sir. you. Okay, Mr. Levin. But, yeah. you know, everything, man, everything you say is just, it, it, it's so on point. And, you know, like I said, I'm a 41-year-old African-American male, and I see no color. And I try to get guys of my age and younger guys to see that the Democrats are just trying to snatch our liberty from us. And it's just, I wish I could get more people to see it, you know. And I It's love tough. It's tough, the propaganda. And, you know, a lot of these Democrats, the way they talk, they stereotype minorities. They dumb down minorities. Right. They act like minorities can't function without the white liberals leading them. Uh, unfortunately, you have yes, uh, minority leaders in the Democrat Party, the same thing. You know, a lot of these people are just bigots. Hey, Mr. Levin, can I ask you one more question? Yes, sir. Could you, I wish I, I could get a segment on how Mr. Biden and Kamala Harris, she's mm-hmm. a former prosecutor, and how Mr. Biden... Mm-hmm. Help the tough on crime bill to help mass incarceration, and everybody act like he's the savior because he's after Obama. 
And Obama left us in, in more destruction than anybody. You, you know, we'll take a look at that. That's a good point. And you know what else is interesting? Why don't, why don't people compare Donald Trump's record as applies to the African-American community with Barack Obama's record? Barack Obama has almost no record with the African-American community as president of the United States. People can't name five things off the top of their heads. I can name five things off the top of my head with respect to, to uh, President Trump. President Trump got what? Maybe 15% of the African-American vote? Obama got overwhelming in the 90s? See, the Democrat Party takes minorities uh, for granted. And if we only had a few articulate Republicans... We had Angel who called here earlier how to communicate with Latinos. I think he's 100% right. We don't take our case to Latinos. We don't take our case to African Americans. We don't take our case to minorities. Now, part of the problem is the corrupt media doesn't allow us, and you can only buy so much media. But we really need to work on it. Liberty is liberty. People are trying to come into this country, mostly, not all, but mostly for liberty. We're the people of liberty, conservatives. All right, my friend. Yes, Anything sir. else? Mr. Levin, is there any way? Where can I get your books from? Your website is? You can get them from me. Don't hang up. Give uh, Mr. Call Screen your address. Whatever we have there, Rich, would you please send? So don't hang up, my friend, because I can tell you're going to spread the word. And it's, uh, it's an honor to have these great calls tonight. We've had a number of great calls this week and last week. I want to thank you, sir. How much time did you say? Not enough. By the way, we're going to have a great Sunday show. I know it's Wednesday, but I've already lined up the guests. A great Sunday show. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. They tell me not to say it so soon. I'm not allowed to say? I'll wait till tomorrow. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you right here tomorrow, I hope. Take care. <laughs>